Jesus, thank you so much for this amazing day. Thank you that we get to have fun in church, Lord God, and that you've made us unique. You've made us uh, with giftings, Lord, and talents, and, and thank you that rap isn't mine. But, uh, but thank you so much, Lord God, for what you want to share today. You have a word for people today, so I invite your Holy Spirit in right now. Bring my mind, Lord God, in, uh, in alignment with yours as I speak, as I share your word. God, that you would prophetically speak to hearts in this place. And thank you, Lord God, that you're going to change people's lives and your angels are here to give us strength and focus right now. In Jesus' name, amen. So who here is enjoying the Supernatural series? Come on. I know I'm enjoying it. I love it. Because we don't talk about it enough, especially in the U.S., especially in this culture, in this country. We don't talk about it enough. But I'll be honest, as I'm sitting out here about the Supernatural series in the last, in last couple of weeks, how many here will be honest like me and say, sometimes I get a little uncomfortable? I'll be the first one to raise my hand. Sometimes some of the stuff is a little bit weird to me, but you know what? It's supposed to be. That's why they call it supernatural. It goes above nature. It goes above our natural reason explanation in this world. That's what supernatural means. It means beyond scientific explanation. And how many of you know we serve a supernatural God? A God that goes beyond this realm. I really believe that, uh, that in this world that uh, there's a reason why we love movies, or at least I do, like, like Harry Potter. Let's be honest, you know, or uh, like The Matrix. You know, there's this parallel universe, and, and there's more to this life, because there is. And although movies would try to look at it a certain way, really that, that, that reality is more real than ours right now. It's more real than what we see here. This is a temporary world that we live in, but God's kingdom is eternal, and God's kingdom is real. In the Bible, there's 300 references to, the, to, uh, to angels in one form or another. It's a topic that we often will ignore um, or that we will brush aside because I don't, we don't know a lot about angels, or it's kind of weird, and what are they, and how do they work, and ah, we'll just forget them. We do that so much with so many elements, whether it's in, just in the supernatural uh, topic, whether it's tongues, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, the supernatural healings or God's provision or it's prophecy. Uh, there's so many things that, I mean, let's be honest, sometimes we see it where it's somewhat abused and it's kind of skewed and, and it becomes either the focus of the church or, it, uh, or, or people have taught uh, against what the Bible says. And so there's so much controversy that we just kind of brush it aside because we're trying to please people. And we throw the baby out with the bathwater. And so it's topics like money even. I mean, Satan would love for us to think about money that, oh, if you're, if you're really godly, then you'll be wealthy. And if you're not wealthy, then you're not godly. Or people will say that, oh, well, you know, money is the root of all evil, and so I don't want money, and, and, they, and, they, and they throw it away, and they, and they live a life of poverty where that's not what God says. God says the love of money is the root of evil. And so we have a skewed perspective, especially on things like, like sex and even angels. There's so many topics that we brush aside but uh, angels today I want to talk to you about, and we don't want Satan to pervert uh, what God has meant for a good thing, what God has created for our blessing. Uh, all these things we're talking about, God's created for our blessing, for our benefit, um, to be our servants, whether it's money or to enjoy the, the joys of sex. And in, a, in, the, in the right context, it is healthy and it does glorify God. And if we have the right perspective of angels, that's, a, that's something that God has provided for us to, to battle on our behalf and to minister to us if we will just uh, have the right perspective and, and understand uh, what God says about them. If you can, uh, turn with me to Daniel chapter 10. 
At the beginning here, it says that uh, Daniel saw a vision that came true of, of war, and, um, and he was grieved by it. So he, he prays for wisdom, and for three weeks, he mourns, and he grieves, and he fasts, um, and he's looking for understanding. And then if we pick it up in verse 5, in verse 5, it says, I lifted up my eyes and looked, and behold, a man clothed in linen with a belt of fine gold from Upaz around his waist. His body was like beryl, his face like the appearance of lightning, a face of lightning. I, 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 don't, I have no idea what that is. His eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze. That's how my wife describes me. And the sound of his words like the sound of the multitude. One man sounding like the multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men who were with me did not see the vision, but a great trembling fell upon them, and they fled to hide themselves. They may not have seen that vision, but they saw something. They were scared. How many of you know sometimes supernatural makes you uncomfortable? How many of you know they were uncomfortable? They went and they hid. And so I was left alone and saw this great vision, and no strength was left in me. My radiant appearance was fearfully changed, and I retained no strength. Then I heard the sound of his words, and as I heard the sound of his words, I fell on my face in deep sleep with my face to the ground. And behold, a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly loved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand up, for now I have been sent to you. And when he had spoken this word to me, I stood up trembling. And he said to me, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before God, your words have been heard. And I have come because of your words. Now keep in mind, he's been fasting for three weeks now. The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me. That means fought against me. But Michael, one of the chief princes, who we, knew, who we know is an archangel, came to help me. For I was left there with the kings of Persia, and came to make you understand what is, what is to happen to your people in the latter days. For the, vision, uh, for the vision is for days yet to come. And when he had spoken to me according to these words, I turned my face toward the ground and was mute. And the, behold, one, of the, uh, one in the likeness of the children of man touched my lips. Uh, then I opened my mouth and spoke. I said to him, O oh my Lord, the reason for this vision pains me. Come upon me, and I retain no strength. How can my Lord's servant talk with my Lord? For now no strength remains in me, and no breath is left in me. And again, the, having the, appear, the, uh, the one having the appearance of man touched me and strengthened me, and he said, O man greatly loved, fear not, peace be with you, be strong and of good courage. And as he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, Let my Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. So this is, gives you an, an amazing illustration just of, of angels. Uh, one, it talks about the physical description, which I can't imagine. A face of lightning, eyes of torches, and, and legs and arms of bronze. I, I can't imagine what that is. And you read other descriptions in the Bible talking about heaven and streets of gold and, and rubies, things like that. And, and at least in my perspective, and again, there's a lot that we read and some things we have to infer. But when we read descriptions like that, it, in my perspective, God has no value for earthly gems and minerals. But to me, back then, when they see this, they have no other way to describe it. 
it's so beautiful that I, I don't know how to describe it. And so they compare it to lightning and gold and gems. It's, it's amazing, the description, because they, there's no words to describe the colors and the magnificence. Some scholars even believe that because of that description, they say, oh, that's, that can't be an angel. That's, that must be God. That must be Jesus. But he even says that the archangel Michael came to help him fight off this prince of Persia. And so it is an angel, but if that angel is that magnificent, think about how amazing our God is. How glorious he must look. This is an amazing angel. And we see other, other descriptions of angels, and they have the faces of, of, of oxen and, and of man and of eagles. And, and there's so many different descriptions. We know that angels have different forms. And it also says that sometimes we come across angels, we don't even know it. It says, you know, be, be kind to strangers because some have unknowingly entertained angels. And so there are times where angels may take the form of a man. And you don't get this glorious explanation, but angels, they are spirit beings, but they can take various forms. And I, but I believe this is what they may look like in heaven. So once again, uh, I want to talk about angels. I want to talk first about their, their role. They are, uh, they are made as servants. They, they're, they are, their purposes are twofold, to serve and to minister. Um, or to worship, I'm sorry, to serve and to worship. Uh, we see them in different contexts throughout the Bible, oftentimes bringing messages. They're, they're helping people. They're bringing uh, prophets' messages. They are, they're announcing the coming of Jesus. Uh, they're ministering to Jesus himself, uh, bringing him strength in the garden. Now, I think you think of the strongest man alive, you think of, like, Jesus is the man. But even he was ministered to by, by angels. So they, they are ministers, and they are, they are, we see them around the kingdom of God, around the throne of God as worshipers. Um, a little about the nature of angels. Uh, again, we don't want to be confused on who they are, what they are. Uh, number one, angels are created beings. They are, they are, not, uh, they, they are not birthed. They, they are, were created. They, they are not gods or, uh, or demi, demigods. They are created beings, spiritual beings that God created. We can, again, we can infer based on what we read in, in Genesis, they were created before uh, humans, um, but, uh, but we don't know when exactly. But they are created beings, which means they are finite. Um, they are not omnipresent like God. God can be everywhere all at once. He's God. But angels, they are individual created beings. They are finite. Um, even though they are finite and limited, uh, they are not limited by our physical world. We see them in flight. We see them, um, we see them uh, going up and down uh, because they're spirit beings. So they're created beings, but they're spirit beings. So they're not limited physically. Uh, but can appear as human in physical form. We see that in uh, Hebrews 13 too. And also they are created, they're spirit beings, and they are, they are a company. They are not a race. We, like with the human race, obviously we procreate and we, and we, uh, we grow, but they are, uh, they are a company. Not like Angels Incorporated, <laughs> Angels Inc. But they are a company of created hosts for God's purposes. Uh, to worship him and to serve him and to do what as he pleases and to, uh, and to bring his messages. And they also, finally, again, in their nature, they are personalities. Uh, they are not uh, cookie cutter. Uh, they have a free will. They have intelligence. Uh, they obey God. They listen. Uh, they have different strengths and weaknesses. They have different purposes. They have their own uh, personalities. They are, they are individuals like us in that form and, uh, and multifaceted like God. Um, but again, God has innumerable angels as far as we're concerned. The Bible says they, they are like the stars. We can't number them. 
Um, so this, this company that he's created of angels, they're innumerable with regard to our perspective. We can't fathom how many there are. Um, but they are not without order. How many of you know that God is God of order? God has things in order. He's not a God of chaos. He's created them for each a purpose. And we see in the Bible that he has order and he has structure. Uh, just like he wants in church to have order, in governments, uh, in people, he's created an order of authority. Uh, obviously, the, the top is the Godhead. We have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And they are, they are God as one. And that is, that is the top. Uh, below that, we have the archangels. How many of you know that, uh, that there are three archangels that we know of in the Bible? One is directly spoken of as Michael. Who is sort of Michael? Someone? A couple people? Michael is an archangel. It even says uh, in that scripture that Michael was the one that came, uh, came to, uh, to help this angel who we believe to be Ga- uh, Gabriel. And Gabriel is the other archangel. But we see Michael oftentimes in times of, of worship and fighting uh, here and in other places, uh, do even, even fighting Satan himself. And again, he's the, uh, so we have Gabriel who is more of a, a messenger uh, coming to bring the message of God. We see him in the New Testament and the Old. We see Michael, the other archangel. Um, and uh, we also see Lucifer. Lucifer is an angel. I know a couple weeks ago Ben spoke about some of the darker sides of the supernatural, talking about the kingdom of, of, uh, of Satan. And again, he is an angel. He was created by God for worship. Uh, and again, it, it, uh, the Bible describes his body as made up of pipes. He was, again, created for a purpose, uh, to worship God and to lead worship as an archangel. And so we see these three archangels and some would say that because uh, Satan fell and took a third with him, that those are the only three, that they were over all the angels, and he took his third with him into, uh, you know, away from God, away from heaven. Um, but some, because of, uh, because of biblical history, because of uh, Judaic uh, government, um, some people think that there are actually 12, uh, 12 archangels, because it's a, um, it is the, uh, the holy number of government. Um, so we see that, that there, that there may be 12. Again, I think Ben mentioned a couple weeks ago, whether there's three archangels or 12, as far as salvation goes, does it really matter? Absolutely not. There's things that we're not going to know, and that's okay. I think there's some that say that if they don't know, then they can't accept it, and if I can't see it, I can't believe it. But honestly, that's human pride. Who are we to say that we should know everything or even can know everything? I don't want to know everything. It would be overwhelming. It would kill you to have your eyes open that much right now. So we see Lucifer, Michael, and Gabriel, um, as the, uh, the three archangels. Uh, below that, just based again on, um, on the human reflection of, uh, of history, there's probably uh, 70, uh, 70 angels as the angelic Sanhedrin. Uh, again, there's the, we see the, the 12 apostles, who may be the archangels, and then the 70 who followed Jesus. We see that reflected there as well. And so we, some believe that there are 70 as the, uh, the heavenly Sanhedrin. And then beyond that, there's the multitude of angelic hosts, which again, we see those who follow God and the fallen angels. And we see, those, uh, we see those in Scripture. As far as the types of angels, like I said, we've seen different descriptions, different, serve, uh, different uh, ways that the angels serve and minister the way God wants them to. And so there's lots of different types of angels. We see warring angels like Michael. There was one angel that in one night, he killed, one angel killed 185,000 Assyrians. That was a bad angel. I mean, like, tough, bad, like, killed 185 men. I mean, angels are powerful and strong. This one angel killed 185,000 Assyrians, and we see also, uh, we see also an angel, as, uh, as Joe read, we see an angel that was an angel of death, came over the Egyptians. 
I know that uh, we think of angels as being nice and kind of fairy-like and with wings and they're pretty. And How many of you know they would be scary if they're not bringing the message you want to hear? Amen? I mean, scary. We even, saw, we even hear David, where David disobeyed God, and, uh, and, and he was given the choice, what punishment do you want? His prophet, his pastor, Gad, said, David, what punishment do you want? God says you can have, uh, you can have famine for three years, you can have uh, three months running from your enemies, or you can have three days of, um, of the, the judgment of God over your, over your, over your country. Um, and David's like, well, I don't want to be delivered into man. I'll take God's judgment because he's more merciful. And so he said, okay. And by the end of it, David was scared. I mean, what, what happened was that the angel, the, the, an angel of God came and was going to slay Jerusalem. The Bible says that he took out a giant sword and was going to lay hold of Jerusalem and, and slay the city. But because of God's grace, he said, no, wait, stop. That's enough. But the angel stood there with a sword ready to slay Jerusalem. And Gad said to David, go, make an altar, make a sacrifice to God right now. And so David ran down, he bought a piece of land, and he had the sacrifice ready. And the man who owned the land, he looks up and he's just frozen, looking at this giant angel, ready to slay the city. And David buys the land, and after he makes a sacrifice, uh, God strikes the sacrifice with lightning to consume it. And then he says, go ahead, put the sword away. And he puts the sword away. How many of you know that was not a small angel? That wasn't like you see on TV, the little angel on the shoulder, you know what I'm saying? No. This was a giant angel. He said he saw it sitting between heaven and earth, this giant angel with a giant sword ready to slay the city. Angels are amazing creatures, and how amazing they are, how amazing must our God be to create them and to be bigger and more powerful than them. So we see warring angels. We see ministering spirits. It was an angel that came... And uh, saved Daniel in the lion's den, where it said that the angel closed the mouth of the lion. I don't know if Daniel even saw the angel. Let's be honest. Maybe he didn't see it. They throw him into the lion's den, into a pit, and there's lions all around, and maybe they can't open their mouths, and they just pace. I'm like, I want to eat him. I want to eat him. I want to eat him. And the, there's lions all around, and none would eat him. Now, if, if, Dave, or if uh, Daniel might be fleshly like me, he might be like, wow, that's really weird that none of them are hungry. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> Lucky me. Or did he have more spiritual insight than I have and thought, an angel of God just saved my life. So oftentimes in our lives, we don't give enough credit to God's forces. Wow, I was almost in an accident, but I just thought to turn the wheel. That was so weird that I just thought, no, an angel saved your life. The angel will give you strength when you ask for it, as he gave Jesus strength. He's, the angels provide, have provided food for people. They've come in supernatural ways. And again, I don't know if we, they always see the angel, but they know it is. There are times in our lives we can't overlook what God's doing in our lives. The supernatural provision of God, I can't believe the check just showed up in the mail. That was so crazy. Wow, I'm lucky. Or was it God? Or was it God working through angels? Or was it God's supernatural provision? We don't give enough credit to God in our lives. Well, I've never seen an angel. Well, guess what? You might not. But the Bible is clear. They're all around us. They're innumerable. They're fighting on our behalf. If you look at the story of Daniel, for three weeks he's mourning, God, I, I just need an answer. For three weeks, in mourning, fasting, where's the answer? It's on its way. They're right now. You may not even know it. 
There are angels fighting to get your prayer answered right now. Whatever's going on in your life, you may not know it. There's angels fighting, warring against spiritual forces of darkness, trying to get the answer to your prayer right now. Stand strong. Keep praying. Believe that God's forces are on the way for your answer. It may not be when you want it right now, but it's in God's timing. We have to believe in that supernatural realm that's fighting our behalf. We see angels in judgment and blessing. There's angels of, of death. We see it in Revelations. We see it with the Egyptians. We've obviously seen the archangels that serve different purposes in, in that hierarchy. The Bible talks about seraphim in Isaiah 6. And it's the only real place that it's mentioned, seraphim. Uh, but it's super interesting. It's uh, Isaiah. He sees this vision of God on the throne. And it says that he sees seraphim above the throne with six wings. Seraphim means the burning ones. Another amazing imagery to think about. You see the throne room of God and above him are two seraphim, the burning ones. Think about flaming angels with six wings crying out, holy, holy, holy is our God. So we see seraphim and then we see cherubim. We see them overshadowing the Ark of the Covenant in Solomon's temple. And we see an amazing imagery in Revelations about what they look like. They're referred to as the living creatures or the beasts. We see them also guarding Eden. After Adam and Eve sinned and were excluded from Eden, it says that they placed cherubim in front of the the garden to protect it with with a flaming sword. And it doesn't surprise me that God was the first one that invented the lightsaber. So again, there's so much we don't know about angels, but there's a lot that we do. A few things to consider when we're talking about angels. Uh, Some do's and don'ts, if you want to write these down. Don't. Number one, we don't become angels. Again, they are created beings. They are not humans. We will not become angels. I know that there's, you know, throughout the Bible, God has tried to keep his people from believing uh, erroneously, believing wrong theology and wrong doctrine, um, because it can skew our perspective and take our focus away from God. We don't become angels. I know that some people, when loved ones have died, they say, well, now they're an angel in heaven, and so blah, blah, blah. I, I don't want to refute that. I know, but it's, that's not how it works. We don't become angels. Um, we, don't, we, don't, we are human. We always be human. It doesn't mean we're not in heaven, but we are not angels. So we don't become angels. Uh, number two, we don't worship angels. We do not worship angels. Some people get so focused on angels uh, that it's, you know, again, you have that pleasant imagery of who angels are, and they're all white, and they're pleasant, and they're beautiful, and, and that may be true in some cases, but we do not worship them. We don't become that focused on them. Revelation 22, uh, John, when he had the vision, he was uh, in heaven, says, uh, but he said to me, this is the angel, the angel said to John, you must not do that, because John bowed down before the angel. I mean, he's in awe of what he's seen. He just bows down in worship. The angel says, you must not do that. I am a fellow servant. The angel is a fellow servant with us. I'm a fellow servant with you and your brothers, the prophets, and those who keep the words of this book. That is you all. We are fellow servants with the angels to worship God. And he says there, I am a fellow servant with you. He goes, worship God, not angels. 
The Colossians were also rebuked by Paul for, uh, for worshiping angels as well because they fell in again to false doctrine. Uh, so we don't become angels. We don't worship angels. We do not initiate conversation with angels. We don't pray to angels. There are a lot of other weird theologies and doctrines that would tell you to pray to saints. They would tell you to pray to angels. And again, I'm not saying those people are hell-bound necessarily, but I'm telling you true doctrine because I want you to know the truth. We pray to God through Jesus. Yeah, now, it's okay to pray for angels. God, encamp my, my apartment, encamp my house with your angels. Send them to protect my family. We rely on them. Pray, angels, send your angels to come minister to my family. I mean, pray for angels, but we don't pray to angels. We pray to God. We have a direct connection with God through Jesus. And by neglecting that, we put someone else in place of God. We don't pray through priests. We don't pray through saints or through angels. We pray to God through Jesus. He is the only mediator. Uh, and then lastly, for don'ts, do not listen to angels with a new gospel. This is important. Do not listen to angels with anything other than what you read in the Bible. The Apostle Paul makes that very, very clear. He says, if anyone comes to you with a different gospel, even an angel from what we preach to you or myself, let them be cursed. We have it established what is true. We have it established in the word what is true. If someone brings a new gospel, oh, hey, there's new information from God. Here it is. Run. They're cursed. There are whole religions built on some new information that we've never heard before. I don't buy it. The Bible is whole. It is complete. It is perfect. God's explained what he wants to explain. It's about intimacy with him. And when there's new revelation, it points in a new direction. And all of a sudden, it's about works. And all of a sudden, it's about earning God's love. And all of a sudden, it's about a man that you should follow. And no, it's about the God-man, Jesus. Don't listen to anything else when someone else comes to you with new doctrine. Compare it to the word. Don't even take what I say up here at face value. Go home. Study the word. I'm only giving you a piece of it. If I'm wrong, let me know. Honestly, compare question dig it in dig into the word so we don't listen to a new revelation because it says that even lucifer his name lucifer light bearer lucifer means light fair means to carry or to bear he's a light bearer he's an angel of light it says that he disguised himself as an angel of light that he might deceive people and he will take some good things and i'll just say it think about for a moment the mormon religion i have some mormon family i have some mormon friends amazing people. They have some great values. They have some great things in their church. But doctrinally, Satan has twisted the truth in their, in their doctrine. And, it's, and it, there's some false elements you cannot avoid. Jesus and Satan are not brothers. When you die, you have not earned the right to be a god. You will not be a god. Those are just a few things. But because they take some really good stuff about mercy and they'll talk about Jesus and they'll talk about some really good things. They have great families and awesome morals and great ethics and, and great community. They have some great things. But because Satan comes and adds just that little element to divert you from God, to divert you from the truth, he'll mix truth with lies in order to deceive you. We can't water down the truth of God's word. We see it all over the place in cults and new age, new age thoughts. So what should we do? Those are the don'ts. Do, one, open the door for angels through your relationship with God. Open the door for angels. These, these are holy ambassadors of God's kingdom. 
And if you are intimate with God, it opens the door for them to come and to minister and to bring messages of hope and to bring warnings and to bring ministry and strength to you. So open up the door for angels. Pray for angels to come and to, and to guide you throughout your day. There's even credence to guardian angels. There's a, there's a scripture, I'll have to look it up, uh, hit me up for it later, um, where, it talks about, uh, where it talks about that must be, Paul, that must be his angel. And it kind of gives credence to the idea there might be guardian angels. I don't know if that's true. Again, it doesn't matter. The point is, angels do exist. They are here to minister. So invite, or uh, open the door for, for angels in your life through your relationship with God. And number two, do count on angels. Count on them. Look for them. I mean, in that when things happen, don't be afraid to give credence to God's powers through angels, through his Holy Spirit. You can believe that they're here right now in this room. You can believe that ministering to people, speaking to people with the Holy Spirit that, that ministers through you. But there are angels all around us if we would allow them to move, if we would rely on them to speak to us and to guide us, knowing that God is the one that, or, that, that gives them commands. So I want to make sure that we understand that, that God is the one we worship. But these heavenly hosts, again, are here as God's ministers to give warnings, to bring judgment, to uh, to, to give encouragement, to bring strength to us, to guide us and fight on our behalf if we, as we've seen in the scriptures. But ultimately, God, their whole point, like it says in Revelation, their whole point says, worship God. That is their one purpose in every way to minister, to serve, is to worship God and to point you to God. And if they are that beautiful, I can't wait to get to heaven. I can't wait to be there, to see it, to see the, 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 the glorious nature of heaven, what it looks like, what the angels are like, I can't wait for it. But they are here now for us, and we can rely on them. And so I want, again, we're talking about angels, just so you would understand how they operate, but again, our focus is always on God, on Christ. And just know that God is here. He wants a relationship with you, and angels are just one of his means of getting you closer to God. And so go ahead and bow your heads with me as, I, as we close up in prayer. Father, thank you so much, Lord God, for the word you're sharing with us, for the Bible, which is true, for the angels that minister, Lord God, on your behalf. I thank you so much, Lord God, for, uh, for everything you're doing in our lives to teach us, to train us according to your word, that you'd help us to have more faith for the supernatural, more faith to see healings, more faith to believe in your provision, God. <clears throat> more faith, Lord, to see you work in our families and our relationships where we can't give mercy to someone and forgive, you provide forgiveness, Lord. Where we can't, uh, we can't provide, Lord, you bring provision. Where we don't know what to do, Lord God, you bring wisdom. We thank you, Lord God, that you are a supernatural God, that you bring healing, that you work above what we can comprehend. And we don't know, have to know all the answers, but we can believe. The Bible says that uh, without faith it is impossible to please God. So God, I pray for faith over this room. I pray for faith over this church. We would have a greater measure of faith to believe that you can work in our circumstances. No matter how desperate we are, Lord, you can work. 